Parshas Mishpatim. Parshas Mishpatim is the parsha that comes after the parsha of Yitro, and which includes a basket full of halachot, which are very interesting uh, if you're learning Masechet Bavakama and uh, and others. But there are a lot of uh, uh, halachot about torts and about uh, uh, also about the Chagim and the Boadim. And after those halachot, and those, those halachot we can understand somehow have something to do with Matan Torah. That Matan Torah included a Seretan Dibrot, <coughs> which of course only Moshe Rabbeinu heard, really. And then he taught it to B'day Yisrael. B'day Yisrael themselves heard the first two of the Dibrot, and they kind of had to absorb that, you know, what that meant to them. <coughs> and uh, then comes after the parasha and, and then comes Mishpatim and as I say the Mishpatim they're understandable in that context I mean you could say why these particular halachot and other, not other halachot but <coughs> we can understand that before B'nai Yisrael would be able to say you know we accept the Torah it makes sense that they should have to learn a little more Torah than just the assert that they brought. Because as Rashi points out, and, uh, and Rav Sadiagon instituted this idea, Rashi quotes it, that the assert that they brought does somehow uh, include all of the debrot. You could divide up all the debrot, all of the halachot of the Torah, into these ten categories. But you couldn't derive them. You, you know what I mean? If somebody gives you the assert that they wrote, you would never be able to derive the the rest of the mitzvot of the Torah. But if you have all the mitzvot of the Torah, you can categorize them as belonging, you know, to different dibrot. I mean, I hope you understand the difference. Well, you say that the assert that they wrote are kind of a a model for the entire Torah. That's true if you know the entire Torah. But it's not true if you don't know the entire Torah. Uh, you can't derive the Torah from the Aseret that they wrote. And you, you understand. So Rav Sadiagon wrote a book in which he showed how all of the, the, all of the mitzvot of the Torah are included in the Aseret that they wrote. And therefore the Aseret that they wrote are really ten categories, right? Ten major categories in which all the mitzvot can be all the mitzvot can be included. Now, after that, in Mishpatim, after right, we have Yitro, wrote. We have Mishpatim, more and more mitzvot of the Torah, and then the Torah says the following, and this is the first source on the sheet: I am sending HaKadosh Baruch Hu speaks to Moshe Rabbeinu I am sending a Malach Lefanecha Lishomrecha Baderech Ulaviecha Lamakom Asher Achinoti There are three or four psukim which continue this idea Inini Sholeach Aleichem Inini Anochi Sholeach Malach Lefanecha Who is the Malach and why do we need the Malach and what is the purpose of the Malach? That none of that is stated in the Torah. And none of this 
it explains why it's here after the halachot of mishpatim. <coughs> it's a it's a double mystery. Vehaviacha refers to the Malach will bring you, I guess Moshe Rabbeinu and Bnei Yisrael, to the place which I have prepared. Now what does that mean for Moshe Rabbeinu? I mean, isn't he the one who is bringing everybody to this place which I have prepared? There's a warning. Beware of him. Do not deny his instructions. He will not bear your transgression. In other words, you'll be punished for it. And the reason is because the Malach doesn't have options. The Malach is not like a human leader, like Moshe Rabbeinu could pray for the welfare of Bnei Yisrael after they sinned. But the Malach can't do anything like that. The, the Malach just knows for sinning you get punished, and if you don't sin, you get, you know, everything is fine. Ki im shema ki im, ki imin. The Hebrew of the Torah means if you, when you, but if you listen to this Malach, if you pay close attention to him, okay, that's like almost poetry. Your enemy. I will make them into the enemy. That you know, they will. They will not be. They will not be able to deal with you, the enemy. And you will be able to uh, to oppress those that oppress you. Pasukav Gimel says, Ki yelech malachi lefanecha, vaviyacha el ha'emori achiti ha'prizi v'atlani v'achivi v'ayibusi v'hech chadetif. I will bring you to these to these nations. The Malach will lead you and bring you into the light, to the Emori. Now Emori, the word Emori as we know today is both the name of a nation and a collection of nations. Like all the, sometimes in the Torah, all the nations of Canaan are called Emori. And other times they're designated as a particular nation, so the, the, which today we know a little bit more about called the Am- Amorites. The Hittites the, also are known a little bit. Prizi, Knani, Chivi, Yivusi, who knows who they are. And the lead, led by this angel, you will be able to destroy them. Okay. That's what it says. That's what the Torah said. I've got an idea, I've got a clue about what this is about, why this happened, why the angel is coming, and why the angel is leading B'nai Yisrael, and what happened to Moshe Rabbeinu and Yoshua bin Nun. <coughs> and the Torah doesn't explain any of that. The second passage on the sheet, where it says Perik Lavet Gimel, <coughs> Perik Lavet Gimel is the chapter after Chaita Ega in Parshat Kitisa. Right? You remember Kitisa? 
like we're up to Mishpatim. After Mishpatim come the two parashiyot of Truma and Titzavet. Those are the parashiyot about building the Mishkan. And after that comes Kitisa, which is the parasha of the Cheta Ego, of the, uh, the building of the golden calf. After that, after Moshe Rabbeinu begs forgiveness for Am Yisrael and somehow reestablishes the, the dream of Am Yisrael to go to Eretz Yisrael, <coughs> and in spite of the Cheta Ego, in spite of this uh, terrible thing that they have done, in spite of this terrible thing that they have done, the Cheta Ego, history continues. But there's a change. And this parasha is the change, by the Hashem Moshe, Lech alemi zeh atava amasheh aleitum eretz mitzrayim la'aretz asher dishpati la'avraham li'itzchak li'akov le'mor li'zaracha etnena. So this kind of reaffirmation. You, Moshe Rabbeinu, you lead the people to Eretz Kedah. In other words, it's still on. We're still going to do it. We're still going to bring B'nai Yisrael to to Eretz Yisrael. And la'aretz asher dishpati la'avraham li'itzchak li'akov le'mor I promise Abraham Yitzhak Yaakov that their descendants will inherit the land. This sounds like a reaffirmation. It's all like saying, in spite of the fact, in spite of the fact that you've done what you've done and what's happened has happened and the Cheta Egel has taken place, will continue history as you, Moshe Rabbeinu, asked. Ask for mercy, right? And then Pasuk Bet, listen. Vishalachti lefanecha malach. And I will send an angel to go before you. You see that? Similar to the Pasuk of Gimel, the previous, in the previous uh, paragraph. El Eretz Avat Chalavu Dvash, I bring you to the land flowing in milk and honey. Kilo Alebekir Becha, Kilo Alebekir Becha, Kilo Alebekir Becha. I, Hakarish Borchu Kaviyachal, will not go up with you, but the Malach, the Malach will go with you. Ki Amche Oev Ata, Pen Achalcha Baderch. Okay? Because if I was with you, it would be terrible. God's anger would not be under control, so to speak. Pasuk Yudalit, Vayomer, Vayomer, Panai My face will go, and I will let you be. So that what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says is that one of the implications of the Cheta Egel is that it is no longer God leading us to Eretz Yisrael but an agent of God and that agent of God is called Malach that agent of God is called Malach so these two parashiyot, these two sections refer to the Malach they don't seem to have anything to do with each other, even though, even though they sound similar, both of these parashiyot. And so if you look back 
at the Perik of Gimel Pasuk Kav at Rashi. Let's look at Rashi. Hine Anochi Sholech Malach. He may remember this Pasuk is in the parasha of Mishpatim, our parasha. And it comes after the Torah of Mishpatim. And it comes after Aseret Adibrot. Rashi says, Here they are told, Here they are told that they will in the future transgress. Ushchina omeret lahem, Ushchina omeret lahem, God Kaviachol says to Bnei Yisrael, Kilo a'alebekir b'cha, Kilo a'alebekir b'cha. You see the second paragraph again, Pasuk Gimel, El Eretz Avat Chalavod Vash, Kilo a'alebekir b'cha. I HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kaviyochol, will not go up with you. Meaning, perhaps, I, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, will not lead you to Eretz Kenan, but you will be led by the Malach. By the Malach. And why is that good for you? Ten acholcha baderech. That's what it says at the end of the Pasuk. Lest you be eaten along the way. It was God's anger... Right, you know, God's anger has not has not really been uh, has not really been abated uh, after the Chaita Egel and the, and the pasuk the pasuk says here. I'm looking at a chumash, not a big secret. <coughs> so here you have it. Just one second. Here. Atalech nechayet ha'amel asher dibarti lach hinei malachi yelech lefanecha. Again, another pasuk which is not on the sheet, but it's parak lamed bet pasuk lamed dalit. The end of the pasuk says lamed bet lamed dalit. Hinei malachi yelech lefanecha. My angel will go before you. The angel will lead you. That's what it, that Akkadish Bogu says to Moshe Rabbeinu. And then adds, Uviyom Pokdi, Uviyom Pokdi, on the day that I remind myself of your existence of Hakadadei Alehem Chadatam. And Rashi explains <coughs> that, that Hakadish Bogu, Hakadish Bogu always remembers the Chaita Ego. And when the time comes in history that we deserve to be punished, a little extra is added for the Chaita Ega. So even though HaKadosh Baruch Hu agreed that B'nai Yisrael would be able to go to Eretz Yisrael after the Chaita Ega, it seems that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not agree <coughs> that the relationship should remain the same. Something changed. Something changed and the residual of the Chaita Egel. So even though the discussion of Kitisa, right, we're in the parish of Kitisa. Now, even though the, the discussion is, Moshe Rabbeinu says, save them. Uh, what's going to happen if they all die? That people will think that God can't do it, can't bring them there into Israel, etc. You know, he made this argument that Kodesh said, okay, but that doesn't mean that they were forgiven. 
That's what it says in the, in the Torah. Okay, history will go on. You will go to Eretz Israel, but the Chaita Egel will remain with you. And whenever the punishment comes to B'nai Israel, the major punishments, you know, Churban Ba'it Rishon, first the exile of the ten tribes, and the Churban Ba'it Rishon, the Churban Ba'it Shediv, the punishment will include <coughs> a punishment for the Chaita Egel. Beyond Pokdi, on the day that I will take note of B'nai Israel and how they act, Right? And I will remind them this Rashi. I didn't read the Rashi, but I'm telling you what Rashi said. Rashi says that, that, that when punishment comes, there's a little extra for the chait, for the chait ha'egel. So that the malach, <coughs> the malach is really saving B'nai Yisrael. That's what the person says. Because if God would take B'nai Yisrael to, <coughs> to, uh, <coughs> Excuse me. If God would take a B'nai Yisrael to Eretz Canaan, then any deviation in behavior, any small transgression, would 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 get the wrath of God, and uh, and God would punish them very severely because the Chet Egel is still with them. So sending them with the Malach was an act of salvation, even though the Malach it's not like God, but the Malach is also not going to get angry when he's not supposed to get angry. So let's look back at Rashi, at Perik Lavet, at Perik Rashi says, Kadnit basusha atidim lachto. Here the, the Torah tells us that they're going to sin. Here in Parashat Mishpatim, that they're going to sin where? In Parashat Kitisa. That's where they're going to, they're going to sin. Ishkina omeret lahem kilo a'ala v'kir b'cha. And they'll be punished. So this malach in there, look, it's like malach from Anyway, that's the malach. That's what it's talking about. Rashi says uh, the continuation of, of the of the pasuk Ashari Noti. Asher zimanti latet lachem. I I prepared it for you zepshuto. Rashi says. So Medrash shows ela makom asheri noti kfar mekomi. My place is kenegdo. It's a reflection of heaven. Let's look at the part of the that God, that, that there's a pshat and a drash. Rashi says, Asher chinoti, Asher zimanti latet lachan, referring to, referring to Eretz Yisrael. I prepared Eretz Yisrael for you. It's going to be yours. That's the pshat. What's the drash? Drash is not pshat. In other words, it is like a problem. means which I have prepared. In what way did God prepare Eretz Yisrael? There's nothing prepared. It's just a bunch of people who live there and live, you know, whatever they do. But God, you can't say God prepared Eretz Yisrael for B'nai Yisrael. What sort of preparation is there? So the pshat doesn't work out according to Rashi. That's the pshat. The Rashi says, I mean, if you read it that way, you know, you're going to be, you may be a poor teacher, but you're not going to be an abominable teacher. So you need the drash. What does Ashachinoti mean? Ashachinoti means that in heaven, there is already the Beit HaMikdash, which is going to be duplicated on earth. So that's a Hachinoti. It was, it's, 
like you can already build the Beit HaMikdash because the heavenly Beit HaMikdash is ready and that's what that's what uh, uh, that's what it, it says. Okay. Rob, is that why the Truman and Sala in between? That's why. Truman and Sala, which describe building the Mishkan and the Beit Hamikdash, is in between these two settings. Maybe. I mean, certainly, uh, certainly possible. When Rashi says, So what Rashi is saying is that this, these psukim are a kind of a prelude to psukim that are going to happen, to something that's going to happen later on. Because certainly in the parish of Mishpatim, they have not yet built the Egel Azahat. <coughs> Therefore, <coughs> There's no need for this. There's no need for this uh, uh, for this malach. So uh, you have to you have to agree. Even though Rashi is organizing the material for us, we have to uh, uh, admit that there's a little bit of a problem here. I mean, like, why was the malach mentioned now in this week's parasha in Mishpatim what does Mishpatim have to do with the Malach if the Malach leads them to Israel because of the Chet HaEgel why would the Torah tell us this story here where there is absolutely no relevance and no connection and even Rashi it's true that Rashi had a very uh, 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 kind of liberal idea about Mukdam and Mukhar Torah the Rashi said Rashi the Torah didn't have to be in chronological order so it, it, it was, usually it is a chronological law. But if it's not a chronological law, according to Rashi, it's lo nora, lo nora. Uh, uh, it's not a chronological order. But here, it's not a question of chronology. It's just a question of extra psukim, which serve no purpose that we can assert, assert discern. And Rashi doesn't help us. He said, explain to us why this happened. <coughs> Let's look at the rest of the Rashi. He's consistent. He does it in Bereshit and He gives the whole history of Yaakov's brachot. This is a style of Rashi. No, that's the things are out of order, yes. But here they're not out of order. These psukim are not out of order. They just don't fit any place. If if this parsha was here, but not in Kitisa, so they just say, okay, they receive prior knowledge about what was going to happen, right? But here, <coughs> what was the purpose of receiving prior knowledge about what was going to happen if it happens anyway? I mean, Rashi doesn't explain that to us. What about the what about Hakadosh Baruch Hu tells Avram Avinu that and everyone knew that Am Yisrael are going to go into Mitzrayim in the future? It was going to happen anyway. So there was a point of prior, more reveal the prior knowledge. Right. <coughs> Your question would depend on what you think the slavery in Mitzrayim was about. 
Because in, uh, when God speaks to Avram Avinu, he doesn't connect it to a transgression. All there is is Avram Avinu in the world. So now why did they go to Mitzrayim? What are they doing there? So if you could say, if you understand the time spent in Mitzrayim is part of the creation of the nation. Right? So it's as though <coughs> God says to Moshe, to Avram Avinu, and this will happen and it, because the nation will be created and we created in its right somehow I mean it's a, it's a worthwhile discussion so it's not as though it's not that God is, is telling Abraham Avinu the future he's validating his promise because you remember that the Gemara Abraham Avinu said about Eretz Yisrael how do I know for sure that this is going to happen. Right? So, uh, so the Gemara says, the Gemara in Tani, it explains that pasuk, how do I know that, uh, that this will really happen? That what Amr Ravina meant to say was, but what if they transgress? My children, my nation, then they won't be able to hold on to Eretz Yisrael because Eretz Yisrael and transgression don't go together. So the Gemara gives an answer. The Gemara gives an answer. But Abraham Avinu was very concerned, not about God's promise, but the context that B'nai Yisrael would create in order to maintain God's promise. That was difficult. That was uh, difficult for Abraham Avinu to understand. After all, you know, Abraham Avinu had two sons, right? And one was good and one was not so good. So he said, look at me, I mean... I have two sons, and one of them is not so good. I mean, what is going to create an Am, a nation of Israel, which will deserve Eretz Yisrael? Right? There has to be some kind of a key here. All right, in any event, in any event, we'll go on. And then we'll see that there is a third, is a third parasha. It was the first two parashiyot, according to Rashi, are about the same thing. But now we'll get to a third parasha. And that third parasha, <coughs> that third parasha is in Yeshua. Yeshua Perakeh. This is a very interesting parasha that the Gemara was very intrigued by. It says as follows, Now you remember, they crossed the Jordan River and they camped around Yericho. And Yericho was the first city that was conquered by Yericho and B'nai Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael. And before that, before that time, under the direction of Moshe Rabbeinu, <coughs> they, they conquered the land of Sichon Ve'og, which, which was, uh, was east of the Jordan River. And into that land settled Ruven Gad and Chatzi Shevet Menasheh. And that was considered to be a conquest that, you know, Eretz Yisrael became Eretz Yisrael through Kibush ve Chalukah. Eretz Yisrael became Eretz Yisrael, like the potential became actualized through Kibush ve Chalukah, conquest and division of the land amongst the Shvatim, amongst the different tribes. Kibush, the Chalukah. <coughs> so that it seems that Moshe Rabbeinu, in conquering the land of Sichon and Og, 
also did kibush. Am Yisrael together conquered the land, and they were directed by God to do it. And then it was given out to Reuben Gad and Menashe. It became Eretz Yisrael. When I say that the potential became actualized through Kibush V'chalukah, what I'm talking about is mitzvot ha'tliyot ba'aretz, what we call mitzvot ha'tliyot ba'aretz. That means that until Kibush V'chalukah, the people were not obligated to give trumot and masrot and shemitah, right? Those halachot were not in force until Kibush and Chalukah. Right, we know that that uh, <coughs> what the Gemara calls Surya, Surya, right, east of the Golan, right, which was captured by David Melech, and it's called Kibush Yachid because David Melech did it on his own. <coughs> So about Surya, those places that were conquered by Kibush Yachid, the halachists have questions about whether or not there's an obligation of mitzvot atliot ba'aret. So that those are the different, in time of Yeshua ben Nun, right? time of Yeshua ben Nun, there's Eretz Yisrael proper, and then there's Surya, and then there's Reuven Gad and Chatzi Shevet Menasheh. And all of that fell apart little by little, right? First Reuven God, then Chatzit Shevet Menashe were exiled, then the ten tribes were exiled, and then Yehuda was exiled, right? That took place. Uh, the ten tribes, uh, 722 BCE, uh, uh, 586 BCE, Bayat Rishon, and 70 by as you know. So here you have Yeshua. Yoshua is standing in Yericho. Now you know that the word Ish, one of the one of the meanings of the word Ish is Malach. So when it says he saw an Ish, does that mean he was totally fooled and he thought he thought it was a regular person that he saw? Or did he perceive that there was something special about this guy? And he hold his sword. So Yoshua saw this kind of uh, good-looking, uh, strong guy standing there, <coughs> and he goes and he asks him this kind of naive question: Are you one of us, or are you the enemy? Which I think uh, was a little. Well, what if he was the enemy? That would have been bad. No, no. He says, I am an officer of Tzvaot Hashem, not Chabad. I'm an officer. I work for God. Atabati. I have just arrived by Paul Yoshua Panav Arza, by Ishtahu, by so Yeshua realized that he was in a, <coughs> in a special situation. And he says to this Sartzava, he says to him, What's the message? What do you have to say? What do you want to tell me? Right, you know, in other words, Yeshua bin Nun 
was not quite Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu saw, right, uh, the snebo eva eshvenenu ukal. He saw the burning bush that was not burnt up. And then Hashem said to him, take off your shoes. Yoshua, he saw an angel. And the angel said to him, take off your shoes. Hamakom HaShoyetah made alav kodeshu. Vayas Yoshua came. That's what Yoshua did. So, so Rashi has a few comments. Atabati, you see Pasuk Yudal Atabati, Lezratcha, She'ein adam yachol lilachem aleha ulitovsa lapil hachoma aval bimei Moshe Ravcha bati velo chafetz bi shedemar im ein chalecha holchim So there's a missing piece here that we just got out of this Rashi. Again, I'll read it again. Atabati. You see, the Pasuk, the Pasuk says, Vayomer, Loki anisar tseba Hashem atabati. Atabati. Now I have come. What do you mean now I have come? What, what does he say? Uh, now I've come. Of course he's come. He's there. He, he's standing there. Why, why does he say Atabati? So Rashi says, Rashi Atabati, you see the Rashi? Mm-hmm. This is the Rashi in Yoshua. Right? We read Rashi in Yoshua. Lezratcha. Shein adam yecholi lachem aleha uletovso, tavsa. Nobody could beat down, down Yericho, lapilachoma, alone. Without my help, you need my help in order to beat down <coughs> the wall around Yericho. But when I came at the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, he drove me away. He didn't want me to help him. So we know that something, that there's a Malach who's a Sar Tzava, who is a, a general who came to help Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe Rabbeinu sent him away. <coughs> Moshe Rabbeinu sent him away. Vatabati, and now I have come again, not for the reason that I came to Moshe Rabbeinu, not for that reason, but for this limited reason, a new reason, because I know you, Yoshua Ben-Nun, if Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want me to come and help, so you probably also want me to come and help. But I came now because you have a problem that you can't solve on your own. And that is the wall around Yericho. So I'll help you out. So all you have to say, this is the third, the third source about the, about the Malach. The third source. Now, Breshit Perik Menchet. Breshit Perik Menchet. You see it? Now, in spite of the fact that the next pasuk is a nice song that people sing, it's also a pasuk. And this is what Yaakov says to Moshe, to, to Yosef. Who redeems me from every bad thing 
Yevarechet Hanearim. He will bless these youths. Right, your children. V'yikrabahem Shemi v'shem Avotai Avraham v'yitzchak What's the Malach HaGoel Oti have to do with anything? What Malach is Yaakov talking about? So the HaMegdavar, right, the Nitziv, <coughs> in his commentary on the Chumash says this, HaMalach HaGoel Yivarech Et HaNarim HaYivarech Kai Gam HaAlokim Asher B'Mikra Akad Kodem Gamala Malach Ella Shalom Ayyvarchu. He's talking about who, who does the bracha. You see, Pasuk Tetvav it says, Why were you just a man? Okay, Mashallah. Okay, and then Amalach Agoel. Yivarech, singular. Don't think about this bother to receive. He says, Yivarech Kai Gam El HaElokim Hashem Mikra HaKodeim. In other words, who bless? Who's going to bless the children? The Malach, but also, of course, Elokim is going to is going to bless them. Ela Shalom Ayivarchu. Shalom Ayivarchu. It doesn't say plural in the. This is a a gambit that Rashi takes up uh, very often. Like we would say. We would say that it doesn't always matter, singular and plural. Like, you know, the Torah, the Hebrew of the Torah doesn't always uh, uh, demand that the singular and the plural be addressed. Okay. Because after all, when the Malach blesses Yosef and his children... He's doing it under the direction of God. So that when you say the Malach did it, you mean God did it. So why should you say plural? Because when, when the bracha comes, even if it comes through the Malach, it's really coming through God. That's what, that's what the Ela Shehu Vibkina Nemucha Mimaaseha Baal Yedea Kodesh Bochu Bechvodo Yitbarach. You see it? So he's explained a lot of things to us by just saying that line. You know, like, like you know, you always want to understand things. I don't understand it, but I can quote somebody who did. So that's the Nitziv. What did Nitziv say? He said, "Why is it that the singular Yivarech is used in the pasuk? Isn't it true that God blessed?" Yosef and his children and that the Malach will bless Yosef and his children so for the Nitziv one and one is two she would say the Torah should have said Yivarchu so he says no all the brachot come from God at the end of the day and that the, the Malach is only the Malach is only uh, an agent of God and can't do anything that God doesn't want the Malach to do. Oh, so so why have a Malach, he says. He didn't even implies. If it's God, whether it's a Malach or not, so why have a Malach ever? Why didn't Yaakov say, God will bless you and your children? 
question. What's the answer of the Nitziv? The answer of the Nitziv is when the bracha is funneled through the malach, it's of lesser potency. There I say, I don't know what that means, but the Nitziv understood what it meant. So I can quote the Nitziv. He says, lesser, lesser potency in the, in the malach. So if you have this idea of the Nitziv, <coughs> if you have this idea of the Nitziv, so you understand the first two parashiyot that we were talking about. The first parasha in the parasha of Mishpatim, and the second in the parasha of Kitisa. Both of them refer to a malach. Rashi says, Rashi is the same malach, he has no explanation. But the Nitziv did give us an explanation. He gave us an explanation. <coughs> what was that explanation? That when B'nai Yisrael received the Torah, when they received the Torah, they understood very well two things. One was that they understood apparently that Moshe Rabbeinu actually received the Torah from a Baruch Hu, and they witnessed that because they heard God speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu for the first two dibrot. But they knew something else. They knew something else, and that was that they could not imitate the status of Moshe Rabbeinu beyond that one moment in history. And therefore, when Moshe Rabbeinu went up on the mountain to spend 40 days and 40 nights to get to the Torah, B'nai Yisrael said, you go, we'll wait. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, they will be, they will be <coughs> at the foot of the mountain, and you will come up to get the Torah. So that the Malach, right, Malach is an indication of Am Yisrael. It has nothing to do with the punishment. It's the summary of Matan Torah. That somehow, the one-time event in history, which was that B'nai Yisrael heard God speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Yedaber, that's the end. And from then on, all Torah, all the Torah will be brought to us through a shaliach. And you know that in the Gemara, again and again, that shaliach is called Moshe. Called Moshe. <coughs> and the question is, and you see this in Chassidut all the time, what happened to Moshe Rabbeinu? How could it be that we could live without Moshe Rabbeinu? After all, Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who bridged the gap between our limited comprehension and his more profound comprehension. So wouldn't you think that such a Moshe Rabbeinu should always be around? So this psukim say, from now on, you get it from a malach. And a malach, one of the people, one of the people who call the malach is a navi. You'll get it from a navi. But what is there? <coughs> what do we know about a navi? That he can't change anything. He can't say anything about the Torah that is different than the tradition of interpretation. That's the Malach. So this is the summary of Aseret Adibrot. And if you'll ask, if you ask me, uh, where's the Moshe Rabbeinu of our generation? Of our generation. So I say, I've got a clue. But in the past, who was it who, to whom this status was, a, 
was appointed. First, Ezra HaSofer, right? Ezra, who came back from Bovel and had to fix the Torah. There were a lot of mistakes. So, so he was sort of like the... He gave the Torah. Then you've heard of Rav Shimon ben Yochai, Rav Shimon ben Yochai, who, who disseminated the Torah Shabbat of Kabbalah. Right? The Zohar. Uh, we're not talking about history now. Right? I'm talking about the way history was appreciated. And after, after Rav Shimon ben Yochai, the Arizal, and after the Arizal, after the Arizal, the Baal Shem Tov. And after the Baal Shem Tov, maybe the Baal Atanya, maybe Rabbi Nachman of Braslav. In other words, <coughs> it's not clear, but we were always searching for the voice which would take us beyond the Malach, which take us beyond the Malach. The second Malach, the second Malach, the Malach in, uh, in the Parashah of Kitisa, is the Malach that represents the ongoing descent between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael about the Chet HaEgel. Moshe Rabbeinu, as Rashi points out, prevented that Malach from actually taking charge in the desert. So when the Malach showed up and, uh, and talk to Yeshua ben Nun, he insisted, as Rashi says, that I'm not here to take away, to deny your leadership. Moshe Rabbeinu took care of that. But well, the reason that I'm here is to help you with the conquest of Yericho, something that you probably would not be able to do on your own. And finally, the statement by the statement by Yaakov Avinu about Hamalach HaGoel Oti Yivarech et HaNe'arim Hamalach HaGoel Oti Yivarech et HaNe'arim So that Yaakov Avinu is telling Yosef that the that diaspora Judaism I would say I know not the, I mean today of course everything is argumentative I don't want to get carried away here. But that life in Egypt for Yosef, his family, his sons, created a situation of Hamalach HaGoel Osi. That's the hidden message that Yaakov Avinu gives to, uh, to Yosef and his sons, according to the Hamek Dabar. He says, you, you get the bracha. And the bracha ultimately comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But if there's intervention from a malach, if there's intervention of a malach, you have to understand, it's not quite the same. It's not the same as the bracha to Avram Avinu and Yitzchak and Yaakov. It's the bracha of a malach HaGoeloti. So all of these malachim, and malach HaGoeloti, according to the Tziv, means it's not quite the same. The corruption, in other words, even though the galut was somehow necessary in order to uh, promote Am Yisrael, the galut left uh, a difficult, uh, a difficult impression on Am Yisrael. That's why Chazal always say, 
that the 49 gates of, of Tumah were the state that B'nai Yisrael were in when Moshe Rabbeinu came to redeem them and take them out of Mitzrayim. So that living, living in Mitzrayim under the oppression of the Egyptians is what forged Am Yisrael. But being oppressed by the Egyptian also left its its uh, its imprint on them. They they couldn't avoid it. it. It's not something that you can. It's not something that you could argue. I mean, I think uh, you know when I first came to uh, to Yerushalayim, I think when I came to Aliyah, I was uh, like really surprised to find that most of the people here were Jewish, and that changes everything, doesn't it? You know. Once I went back to uh, went back to America and uh, I was on a plane and uh, I had a stomachache, so there was some overeager physician who had me hospitalized immediately for append- for appendicitis, and unfortunately they didn't operate. But I was in this hospital and uh, I, I came back to Israel, and God helped me out and put me into the hospital again into Hadassah. And uh, it was really very nice. Hear people screaming and yelling, but it was not foreign screaming and yelling. It was like Jewish screaming and yelling. And you know, even people are. I mean, it was just different. You know, you didn't feel that you were protecting yourself all the time. <coughs> they were. That's a paid political announcement. So, so just let me summarize once more. The malach that the first malach. The first Malach indicates the status of Am Yisrael when receiving the Torah. That they could never achieve, they couldn't achieve as a nation Moshe Rabbeinu. They couldn't be Moshe Rabbeinu. The second Malach HaGoel is about the punishment. Not Malach HaGoel. The second Malach is about the punishment that Yisrael received after after Yitziat Mitzrayim. The fact that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, did away with that. He didn't allow the Malach to lead the people. And the third Malach, the third Malach is the Malach of Yoshua, where the explanation is that the Malach returned to help Yoshua fight, but not to lead them to Eretz, uh, into Eretz Kenan. And the Malach Oti is the fact that in, in Mitzrayim, there's a kind of attenuation of the Brocha. The Brocha that <coughs> that uh, that God gives to his people, in this case to Yosef and his children, that bracha is attenuated. It's it's limited by the fact that they were in Mitzrayim after all, and therefore the bracha is God's, but through the vehicle of the of the Malach Goel Oti, which attenuates that bracha. So in general, <coughs> a Malach According to the Nitziv, the Malach uh, limits, changes uh, the whatever it is that's coming from a Kaddish Okay, have a good Shabbos.